Welcome to episode 277 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Will. Along with me, as always, is the man over And I'm the co-host. Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia. It's Randy Michael Statt. That's me. I didn't get to speak first this time, but yeah, here I am. Oh, my bad. I thought he was going to bring me in. Also joining us, of course, <laughs> is Russell John, the fisherman. I totally thought you were going to say Oksana. And Oksana, Valerian of Osachi, who is just now joining us. Late. Where'd you go? Imagine that. <laughs> what were you doing? Um, Shuffling paper in there? Yeah, that's what I do. Shuffling okay. cards? <laughs> what oh. kind of paper? Old mail. Old mail paper? <laughs> Old envelopes. Oh, oh, M A I L. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant the opposite of female, the yeah. superior gender. An old man's male. That's what I thought. <laughs> An old man's male. No, we uh we have a uh, abandoned cat living in our room now. By the way, I thought that cat was supposed to be gone last week. Yeah, you know what? Kinda like her now. She's a little white cat. She got some black spots. Don't worry, she's fifteen years old. She's not made for this earth. She's not long for this planet. Don't say that. Actually, she's very full of life and very cute and sheds like a motherfucker. So we spent this morning like cleaning our room. I've been reorganizing stuff, found a bunch of cool shit that people have sent us and from past film fest and a lot of old mail. So that's my fault. I did dump that on her. I don't know why you chose to do that now. I wasn't serious. I know. <laughs> Randy, Randy, what's your what's your mail situation at uh, at your new place? You yeah, got you, like a little slot. You got like a little little mail place. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, a mail locker that I can go to, and then there's also for like uh, bigger packages and Amazon packages. There's like a a digital like Amazon locker type thing. What that they oh. use? They still have gendered locker rooms over there. Uh huh. <laughs> so Randy, you don't actually get any deliveries to your door? Negative. What about food deliveries? I haven't done it yet, but um probably not. I don't know. I'd probably just meet them out front. You haven't done any food deliveries, dude? No, nah, man, you know me. I'm I'm out and about. I go on a walk and grab food. Yeah, that's true. Dude, I like your I'd, front room. It's coming I'm together. Too, uh, oh, thanks. I'm too cheap when it comes to food delivery. I'd rather just not spend an extra ten dollars and just walk for five minutes. No, it's it's great. It's, really well spent. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Whenever I'm in a situation like that, I always think of like the time breakdown, where I'm like, uh, w- "Am I paying ten dollars to save a half hour?" Dude, here's the thing: like you know me, like outside of working, <laughs> you know, remotely, like I have to, like yeah. traveling, um, where I pretty much survive off door dashes. Uh, at the hotel, like even here, like I would DoorDash all yeah. the time. I enjoy doing it. It's so it's like the, it's at the point now to where you know because I have to. I have so many deliveries. Like anytime I have an issue with the driver, like they pull up my account and they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and they will bend over backwards for me. You're the fucking Godfather. Yeah, now? they're like you are a highly valued customer. <laughs> I'm like I better be. Now, DoorDash or Grubhub? I DoorDash exclusively. Now, it's why? Uh, I'm a big fan of alliteration. Okay. (laughs) That caught me off guard. (laughs) No, like really. DoorDash was just the first app that I used. I have used Postmates like once. 
maybe Uber Eats once, but I don't know, just DoorDash. There's no difference in like the way they run their company or anything that draws you there? No. In fact, I think I'm involved in a... Um, Uh-oh. A civil case against DoorDash. <laughs> well, you're going to get like a dollar twenty-five in the Probably, mail. Yeah. No, I, the reason I ask is, you know, the way that me and Oksana ha- handle our financials is, I just give her all the money I make, and then whenever we order food or something, she just she handles all of it. I don't have any of the apps, but because she ends up handling every delivery, when shit isn't right, everybody turns to her. Yeah. And um, Grubhub. Grubhub is the one where you can't complain, right? You can't talk to anybody. They make you jump through hoops and click on a million links to get in touch with their customer service. And DoorDash, you can rate them, right? DoorDash is easy. DoorDash, yeah. you just check some boxes and they're like, oh, sorry, that was fucked up. Here's like $10 yep. credit or whatever. Easy peasy. I'll tell you, fuck a Grubhub. There's many times where we're, like, we were playing D&D or something and we were just like fucking furious. And then it's like, <laughs> and Oxon's like, there's nothing I can do. They're making me go through all these links. And then by the time you get there, it's like, is there a forum or something? Where on DoorDash, you had a rate. You drove for DoorDash, right? What, yeah. was, what was your final score? I was pretty high. Um, while driving. Nope. <laughs> nope. You don't drive while high. They, they might be listening in the commercials. <laughs> no, it's it's weird now because um, I'm I'm listening to uh, football's back. So I'm, I'm oh back yeah, listening. I remember. Yes, thank you. Well, so I, I got some commentary on your performance last week. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm listening um, to to college football again, and it's it's a local broadcast, right? So it's in Mississippi. And Mississippi just passed the marijuana law. Oh. So now it's like, don't drive while high commercials are like the only commercials that are playing. Dude, didn't who was Joe Rogan talking to where he was flat out denying that any accident had ever happened from somebody under the influence of THC? And it's like that you just can't make a statement like that. But he's such a like fucking weed connoisseur, no, I guess like. It was some, it was some like, uh, was it Doug Benson or something. No, no. It was some like, um, I don't know. Some like lame Republican YouTuber or something like, uh, that dude I hate. They used to do the campus talks. Do you know? He's like a comedian, but I've never heard of him. He ain't been on kill Tony. I don't know who the hell that guy campus is. Talk. Yeah. Milo. No, he would do the change my mind shit. Oh, oh yes. Uh, louder with crowd. Yeah. I think it was him. And he was like, what are you talking about? Dude? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I fucking yeah, you make can't me make roll that, my you eyes. You can't make that type of claim. No, hell Plus, no. Plus, like, when I'm high, the last thing I want to do is drive. You know, I've done it one time a long, when I was waiting tables. I, I do not like it. And uh, it reminded me of that uh, Chris Farley movie where I was on El Camino. And out there, I don't know what it is about that road, but if you're driving down it, I think the speed limit's 40 miles an hour. It sounds like you're on a horse, like, galloping. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized, like, I was in my head that it wasn't doing that. I'm like, oh, God, how fast am I going? And I looked. I was going 15 miles an hour. I'm like, I need to get out of, off the road. Yeah, <laughs> no, this is the thing. Like, even even, even with alcohol, like, I haven't driven buzzed. Um, I just, I'm a paranoid bitch that way. And I mean, I'm just like, yeah, same. anytime where I'm just like, yeah. Well, part of growing up it, it, like no matter what you do. Well, because I know I'm going to get caught. That's well, the thing. If there's a chance, it will eventually happen. I'm not cool enough to not get caught. Well, <laughs> That's how I process. Well, I, I don't. You're not great under pressure. Uh, I counter argue that. Okay. I mean, 
you know, I, oh man, when I was younger, very guilty of having many a friend and perhaps I am still dating a girl cool who used to, uh, make a, <laughs> make a uh, regular trip while slightly under the influence. Don't worry, Oksana. He's not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Oksana used to brag about it. Oh, I'm fine. Whatever. It's like, girl, you're not fine. You weigh like a hundred pounds. What are you talking about? What was this like? 30 years ago? 30 no. Years. Yeah, age um, yourself like that. <laughs> I remember, I remember, this was oh, no. years ago. We were at a party. All right, filter whatever this is, please. You got me worried. I am. And there, was there Haran there? This was, Russell, this had to have been. Was this where you were laying in the hallway like, oh, I don't know what's up with my life, man. Like, No, that was only two years ago. This okay. was like, <laughs> this was at least six years ago. Okay. God, how long have I known you? Like seven. Okay. Whoa, weird. Yeah, because the podcast is five years, and I think we were two years. Yeah, so like seven years. Okay. Doesn't matter. Um, Pre-podcast. This, I believe, was pre-podcast, yes. We were at a party in San Francisco, and we were going, we went to IHOP after. And, Oksana, you drove, but before you got in the car. Oh no! You threw up all over the car. <laughs> what? And then we get out of IHOP, and then Russell, you get out of the car, and you see you throw up on the car. You're like, Oksana, did you throw up? And she said, and you said, yeah. And you're like, rad. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. She was just clearing her mind. Yeah. And then we went to the IHOP near your house. <laughs> I think I do remember that. You didn't mention it. I don't even know. I don't remember. Yeah, you're probably drunk. Wait, I wasn't driving, though. Yeah. You drove. <laughs> <laughs> you totally drove. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. You totally, allegedly may have driven. I, I, I remember um, being in the passenger seat and puking out the window. Passenger side. And the whole car was just like it, disgusting. But I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I denied. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Any other fun things happen this week? You're back. I'm glad you're in the room. No, it wasn't a fun week. It was, <laughs> it was not a fun week. It was a rough week, man. We took some hits. Um, you won also, that game. It was, uh, dude. It it was like roughly 115 in Phoenix all week, except for Friday, because we had uh, a fair amount of cloud coverage. It was like 90 degrees, Ugh. and it was wonderful. Out here in the Bay Area, it's been okay. I think yesterday we went out and um, 63 degrees. It's like, that's where I want it. I think we're going to have one day of like it in the 80s. Here? Yeah. I don't want it. I don't either. Dude, I feel like such a bitch too. I feel like we kind of skated out of that September heat wave we typically have. Good. I'm done with it. It almost, it wanted to rain last night. It barely got the ground wet. It rained a little bit because my chair outside was wet. Yeah. How was your ashtray? A little soggy. Did it pool with water? Or no. No, it's it's actually okay. Yeah, it didn't get all, <laughs> didn't get all super weird. It's covered. You cover it? Hmm? No, no, no. He sits out in the little... Yeah. We we have like a little awning running around the walls out there, but it, it there's a little like square hole in the ceiling. I don't know how else to describe that. Yeah, square hole in the <laughs> ceiling outside. Yes. Yeah, nailed it. All right. This coming week looks like... 70s and 80s. All right. If I wanted weather talk on here, I wouldn't edit David Lynch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Should we throw it to him? Let's do it. All right. All right. Come on in, David. 
Oh, nope. Uh, he can't. Uh, he's lost downstairs. He passed out. <laughs> Here he comes. Good morning. It's September 19, 2021, and it's a Sunday. I hope the weekend projects are going well. I hope the weekend in general is going very well for you all. The word for today, and it is a beautiful word, the word for th- today is tree. <laughs> Everyone, have a great day. David, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Okay, just leave. All right. <laughs> tree. That's also yeah. slang for weed, too, I believe. So, <laughs> Everyone, go out and smoke. Some oh. tree. <laughs> oh, man. Again, uh, award-winning filmmaker, director of Fire Walk With Me. What awards has he won? Elephant Man. <laughs> I don't know. The Elephant Man did a lot, didn't it? He ain't got no Oscar. I think also, Elephant Man won a FX Oscar. FX has the movies, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. Wait, I think Randy just shared a tidbit from his new favorite podcast, Cellar Dwellers, because I remember them bringing that up. That's right. That is where I heard that recently. <laughs> now what? I think what? Elephant Man won a, the effects Oscar that year. Right, hold on. He's been nominated for four Oscars. Well, I think in their show, if you listen to their The Fly episode... They talk about how the a whole category of award was created for it. Oh, he won an honorary award last year in 2020? Look at it. You're talking shit on. He flies out from L.A. every week, and you want to besmirch his character? What awards has he won? I'm not besmirching his character. His character's <laughs> got nothing to do with him being a winner, dude. Dude, he's the coolest. I'm so glad that he agreed to be a part of our show. Now... I am a little worried that Randy's hanging out with these cellar dweller guys. I know we we had him get adopted by them, but I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm still again, like I like I said off air, I think that it may be a grooming situation to where, you know, <laughs> they're just getting him ready before they sell him to Epstein Island too. Are you worried about that, Randy? No, I'm not worried. If they if it happens, it happens. It's all good. <laughs> you know where to find me. He's like, I'll be getting laid. By the way, what happened with Epstein's Island? Like, what are they? What are they doing? Like, down on Epstein's Island? Is it all covered in yellow caution tape? Yeah, uh, Disney yellow. cruises go there now. Disney cruises go there. <laughs> Randy, what the hell? You move across the country and you get edgy. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot. We had a female bag segment. Oh, I don't know. Should we have a stinger for that? What would a mailroom music be? Mail room music? The mail room. I don't know. Just uh, get a clip from Newman from Seinfeld. All right. Well, uh, my sister wrote in and she put, <laughs> I'm listening to the Corona bonus episode 202. Oh my and God. you guys were talking about how at In-N-Out, they skip the number 69 when they call out orders. Somebody looked it up and it came back as fake. But I just want to let you know. No, it's real. They skip 69. No yeah. way. <laughs> it's a shame we had to wait six <laughs> years to confirm that. 
Again, if you want to go back, I think the Corona bonus episodes are pro. Personally, they make they give me anxiety thinking about them because I came no preparation and we would just have people. I think we talked to like Bill and we talked to Grant and uh, we just talked. I don't man, they make me uneasy thinking back. That's to how Clark and I come to the show every week, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but y'all are better at it. I can't also do it. True. Yeah, <laughs> like I postponed our recording today for a half hour because I couldn't. I couldn't properly set up. How to uh, talk about the film a moment. Uh, you know, I guess, Russell, you postpone every record by at least a half hour. I know. Every week. It's okay. And I know uh, today I was even thinking, I think Clark said one, knowing that I'm going to push it back. Yeah. And I'm like, but here's the thing. If we're playing mental chess here, I can't like, all right, well, we'll do it at 1.30. I'm like, no, no, it's one. So yeah. I went down there and I hit the bu- You know what? Let's well, we got, we got to cut off in an hour. So All right. All right. Well, then let's just get into it. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, <it's even> <laughs> Sorry, I just realized my charger's not plugged in. <laughs> Why, did your computer die? Yeah, it's about to. Well, plug it in. Well, I got to go under the table. All right, like here, here. I'll, I'll cut your mic. Sucking a penis. All right, cut your mic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cut it early enough, apparently. All right. Now, I did postpone the show. So we could talk about this very important, interesting film that uh, Thomas Burke has brought us. So um, I skipped last week, too, because I really wanted to hit the books. Again, it's another foreign language film that isn't available in America. So you have to like he I recently found out that he will look for found footage films in other languages. So he'll translate like found footage horror into Russian and then Google search it. <laughs> Don't. All right, Clark just hit his head on the table. Do you want to? I, I we need to reset this it. thing. <laughs> All right, do you, here your mic's back on. If you want to, are you okay? I hit my head. Oh, I, were you doing that for comedic effect? No, you hit it very hard. <laughs> What's going on? Okay, here we go. Take two. A saving hour of time. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I skipped last week so I could have more time to do a little bit of research because I really thought the presentation of this week's film was important. So let's turn to a uh, found footage filmmaker and uh, found footage adventurer is my, my preferred title. Is it? Found footage adventurer, Thomas Burke of the TBR Report. Here we go. He writes, this week's TBR recommendation is Monkey, Ostrich, and Grave, a more obscure film from Russian filmmaker-director Oleg Mavrati. Nope, Mavromati, a filmmaker known for focusing on the social, political, and ethical impacts of technology on contemporary society. Here's a synopsis I grabbed via letterbox. Will the life of the video blogger... Wait, what? Will the life of the... What you edit? Okay. Will the life of the video blogger Goran of Lugansk, Lug, Oksana, you should really be reading this stuff. There's so much Russian words in here. There's so many Russian words. Here we go. Reset this whole thing. Will the. I'm sorry. Here we go. Will the life of the video blogger Goran of Lugansk change after he encounters a UFO? 
Monkey, Ostrich, and Grave is the story of video blogger Gennady Gorin of Lugansk, the capital of the New Republic, which appeared during the Russian-Ukrainian War in 2014, whose life floats parallel to the horrific reality of the unfinished war. Now, back to Thomas. Now, keep in mind, Oleg's work has landed him in legal troubles. So I was really curious to drive into these films and see uh, why they're so controversial. Monkey Ostrich Grave from 2017 conveys a strong message of cultural societies and allows the viewer to get an inside glimpse of rare footage and military zones that take place in Belarus. Essentially, we start the film with a video blogger who recounts some of the encounters that he's had with the UFO and potentially even alien abductions. One can also assume that the protagonist was written to have some kind of mental disability, which I actually thought came across strongly when uh, tying in with the narrative. According to Mavromati, he insists on working with unprofessional, unseasoned actors in order to bring a stronger naturalism to his work. While the character's behavior can often be seen rather frightening or psychotic, you can't help but empathize with the fact that this is a boy who lives in himself in a war zone and would like most likely handle wilder situations differently than the average person due to growing up in some kind of familiarity with the plots and uh, events that were here in the United States. One of, uh, one of the producers of the film was quoted in saying, it is not true that contemporary digital culture and uh, social media made people have a short attention span. If we look at all these vlog entries and how many people are watching them in full and participating actively in them on online community, we will find that a lot of people are actually really watching long unedited speeches, real life happenings in front of a camera, visible on YouTube, but mostly on websites like Smotree.com? I have no idea what that is. Online viewers are looking for real-time, unedited experience. That is why Mavromati is setting and appropriating as a mode of expression, as a new phenomenon of human communication, a new way of seeing and expressing uh, the world. To my knowledge, the only way you can find this movie right now is looking up on YouTube. Uh, We'll tweet it out. There's a direct link to the full film. Um... And we'll do that on Twitter. You should follow us on Twitter. We can share full movies and stuff there. It's the best way. And uh, Thomas Burke signs off. All the best, Thomas Burke. Heart. I totally would pay to see Randy watch this himself or to share his thoughts at the very least. But I think we all know at the end of the day, he either won't end up watching it or might secretly end up watching it, but essentially will never tell us. And Clark, (laughs) you should consider checking this out, man. Because after hearing some of your deep dive web researches, this might end up uh, sparking some intrigue. What does he mean by deep? I don't know. He's trying to bring you all into this. Now, a lot of this has been translated from Russian, and then we we edited for time and everything. I'm going to slightly reset it. Now, he talks about a uh, mentally impaired um, dude living in the town of Lagansky. Now, a little history on Lugansky. Roman, uh, Roman Lugansky. Roman Lugansky. Now, this is a town that, um, this is a state that formed during the Ukrainian-Russian War in 2014. If you remember when Putin would like, at nighttime, people would wake up and there would be a border uh, guard. Like imagine two dudes with like um, semi-automatic rifles. Sure. They're just, they're across the street when you wake up and you're like, Oh, shit. There's the war line. Another day. So then you go to bed. You wake up again. 
And now they're uh, in front of your house. They've moved across the street and they've taken this block. Now, there's no violence or anything, but they slowly did this. From this kind of action, this kind of like future non-war aggression, uh, the town of uh, Legansky appeared, which is the capital and administrative center of the LPR, the Legansky People's Republic, which was a breakaway state of pro-Russian Ukrainians. Now, eventually war did happen. And it wasn't like all – I don't know what you would imagine, like World War II footage of you know, uh, trenches and barricades. But there was shooting and they were launching shells at each other. So there was a lot of civilian death. The thing is in 2014, we all had phone cameras and we could record it. So there was a lot of footage that got on the internet of like, you know, an ice cream truck surrounded by dead people. And in the same frame, you would have locals walking around just kind of like in awe of the horror or, you know, trying to help people who are hanging on to life. Now, that's important because it's the backdrop of this movie, which, again, uh, it's now here. Here's the way that I think is easiest to imagine it. Imagine if King Cobra who, if you've listened to previous episodes, he's a uh, he's a dude living in Wyoming who uh, is unemployed and slightly autistic, and he's gothic. He loves he creates wands. That's how he stays afloat. He's an entrepreneur. He um, <laughs> he peddles uh, tactical soap, where he gets like a ten percent cut if people buy it using his code. And uh, he's demonetized on YouTube, but he's gathered a following of what twenty thousand subscribers now. Now imagine if he was Russian and <laughs> and had thought that he had been abducted and may have uh, telekinetic powers. And again, he's still a vlogger. So in this movie, we get a dude who looks like Russian King Cobra who is uploading um, videos to YouTube. Now the movie, the movie, I feel like there could have been a, a better way to edit it because basically we're running a YouTube video into a YouTube video into a YouTube video. And that that's what the movie is. There's no real denomination of like cuts or like passage of time. It's really just um, our vlogger narrating. And now the videos go from him showing drawings he's done that look the equivalent of like an eight year old. Then he'll, he talks about making a, what is it? Compote out of uh, apple cores. Compote. How do you say that? I'm, Compote. It's like. Com there we go. Oh, not Truman Compote. No. <laughs> compote, I think is like. Compote. That's, that seems like the American way to a do it. A fruit compote. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he talks about how he makes those out of apple cores. Then uh, he does an experiment where he tries to light a newspaper on fire with his mind. Hell then uh, he'll have rants about how he did that work. By the way, uh, watch the film. Okay, I he does it a couple times. Then he'll go on rants about how he uh, is pledging revenge against the aliens that abducted him, as he should. And now, you know, we're we're going through this, and it's kind of like, okay, I love King Cobra. I can watch a vlogger like self destruct, whatever. Except every now and then, you get a video of him walking around outside. And uh, he'll be talking about getting an ice cream. Now, earlier in this conversation, I mentioned how there were real footage of, a, you know, per se, an ice cream truck surrounded by um, previously living people who had, under a brief siege from the Russian-Ukrainian war, uh, turned up dead. Well, that footage is worked into the movie. Now, the way that they try to uh, keep verisimilitude, because it is 
Now I'll mention as a, a fan of found footage, it is, the contrast is pretty rough. You can tell that this is footage taken from outside, mainly from the, the way it's filmed. This dude has the camera pointed at his face the whole movie, except when we cut to that footage, it's very uh, voyeuristic and it zooms and he's walking around and he's looking at people. Now there's graphic footage of dead bodies. You don't see anybody die. Wait, that's not true. I believe you do see somebody get shot and it is by the sheriff. It's brutal. Mm -hmm. And this, honestly, that one moment is what kept me from uh, bringing you in on it. Clark, Uh, it is a head wound and it is, it's not pretty. And, the thing is that the camera, whoever was filming it, never shied away from it. So you see somebody standing up and then laying there for a, you know, a good amount of time. And uh, the technique used here to uh, to work it in the film is called an L cut. Are you familiar with that? No. It's when you have um, a scene playing and then you cut the visuals, but you keep the audio going. Harmony Corinne does it a lot, mm-hmm. but he he does it to kind of bend time. In space, right? In this film, it's used to uh, tie the footage together. So he'll, we'll have a close-up of this dude walking down the street talking about whatever, like just motor-mouthing. And then it will cut visually to carnage. And man, it's uh, it's a little rough. I, I honestly think this is an easier entry level than Charlotte's Net, which we've covered previously on the show. Um, it's not murder. It's... Well, I mean, I guess death and war is a little bit different, uh, but it, I don't know. It's voyeuristic and it's pretty brutal, but the filmmaker, you know, he, he made an exploitation film much like cannibal Holocaust to, to raise awareness and kind of point out it's, it's weird, man. You see modern society and war, like it, the footage in there could easily be on our street. And I don't know. It's it's a weird thing to think about. And then when you add in it's King Cobra in a you know separatist state, the backdrop is chaos. And when I first watched it, I watched a direct Russian video. Like, did you see the the title in Russian? Do you think you could pronounce that, Oksana? Mm-hmm. You want to give it a shot? Abizyana Strauss Imagli. Yeah. Now, if you could spell that in Cyrillic, that's where the link will take you. And again, we'll throw that on Twitter. Please hold me to that. There's a, you'll know whenever the real death is coming. So I think this one's even easier to navigate if you don't want to see it. But um, do, I, I think it's worth a watch. Again, this guy's part of a um, experimental movement in Russia. There's a lot of uh, kind of brutal films while looking up this movie and, and trying to figure out what the hell was going on in the backdrop, I came across another movie called the green elephant. So if you're into this kind of stuff, um, same guy, or different guy, it's a different guy. This one has two, um, Russian prisoners who kind of go mad in a cell together, but they, uh, they go down the road of, um, you know, eating poo poo and, chugging uh rotting pig's blood if you're into that kind of certainly a road i know so thomas thank you for bringing me down there but uh yeah this film you know what i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna recommend it i think it's good but again i watched it before understanding the war and now that i now that i got a little bit of an idea of uh legansky legansk i always want to add an i to anything russian roman legansky roman legansky um I think it's really worth watching. I, again, I think this is more of a Randy might watch it, probably not, and a Clark definitely not. I don't want to see real people die. Yeah, I'm good. 
Now, again, the, it is very it's very obvious when that footage is going to pop up. Unlike Charlotte's Net, where it's like a hard cut and then you're just fucking in it. Yeah. And, it, you know, you're kind of held hostage there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one you could do. I'm good. All right. Well, again, before Thomas, you close it out. Yeah. Did you are you caught up on King Cobra? Uh, no, I, I don't. The culture online has changed in kind of like a uh, very toxic. I Again, if you know who King Cobra is, just go into YouTube and look at it. Did you hear or see his uh, 9-11 tribute? Oh, God, no. <laughs> did he, play, he probably did the national anthem. So it's a good, it's it's a uh, bite size. Okay. Um, bite size Cobra is a much more he, digestible film. He channel. cries. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh a lot. He, that's the new thing he's been doing. It, talking about 9-11. And then Warlord makes a video to uh, his buddy Alex. And then he calls him No, Warlord. no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. He says uh, anyone who is talking about 9-11 and feeling sad, go fuck yourselves. We did it on our own. All the, I don't know. He's yeah. anti-9-11, right? And then Cobra <laughs> goes crazy on him. And then it cuts to a few hours later. And then... Josh says, uh, so apparently Alex is homeless now. <laughs> oh, it's good. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, he's I crying mean, all the time. Clearly, you know, monkey ostrich and grave is articulating the kind of unfiltered in the home of these people window we get through YouTube and Cobra is a real life example. Yeah. Like as you just illustrated, it's like, this is the kind of shit that your friends would probably tell you. Don't, say that don't go on the internet and put this foot forward but again he's he's touched a little bit and i mean i love cobra he's not a great dude but he's a real person and that comes across on his channel yeah and in this one again he's he's got like we're dealing with more of a character in our russian king cobra and we do go you know actually this is less depressing the real death in monkey ostrich grave is less depressing than watching cobra actually drink himself to death yeah it's not good well and the culture now they're all just dogpiling on him they're brutal where before when he got swatted people were angry well yeah cuz he's done it to himself he's a dick uh, he is but it's i don't know man people and aren't he's that a, he's a scumbag we're not like broken into good and bad people. You know what I mean? And we're all gray. He's just a little darker shade of gray. He's a darker shade of gray. All right, let's close it out. All right. Again, um, thank you, Thomas. I don't know how you dig this stuff up, but this one was truly like, it doesn't seem like a lot of people know about it or have talked about it. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of the TBR report, eh? I know, but again, no, the purpose was to trick Thomas into being my buddy. Thomas watches like a thousand (laughs) movies a year. Yeah, but he doesn't sleep. He sleeps every other like uh, fortnight. I know. I know. That's so. why he will be dead within a <laughs> year. Th- Thomas, newfound footage idea. He is keep devoting a, his life to this show. Keep a camera strapped on you so that when you do eventually croak from lack of sleep, you know, we could play it off. Yeah. Just like Mary J. Blige and Cop Cam. There we go. Love you, Thomas. <laughs> this concludes the TBR This concludes the now, before we throw it to Randy, I have an update. Um, Oksana, I want to add a new gadget to our kitchen. Oh, God. So for only $138, that's it. For $138, I can get this. 
the fuck? What is this? An icy machine? Yeah. What is this? A new segment a where you diabetes dispenser? Da- <laughs> You're never even here. When the hell? It's an official icy icy machine. How much? Yeah. How much does it cost to maintain? <laughs> No, it's what do you the, mean? The refills are probably like fifty bucks. No, 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 no! You can't get four refills for thirty dollars. It looks like one of those appliances that you plug into the wall and the whole house goes dark. It'll just <laughs> blow the circuit it box. It doesn't have an illuminated sign. That is a bummer. Yeah, that's whack. It looks cool though. Also, why are you bringing this up in the segment portion of the show? Because I was doing research and then I got caught in a. <laughs> In a side wind, man. Also, you have a segment. You already forgot about it? I have a segment? Yeah, you watched... Uh... All right, it's not really a segment. It'll be brief. You want to do it now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, it's the Randy Retread. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what movie you got for us? It's also a Russell retread, so do it again. All right, here we go. (laughs) Oh, it's a Russell retread. (laughs) So I finally saw Zola. Hell yeah. When did that come out? Like months ago? July? The Blu-ray's now out. The end Mm -hmm. of June. Yeah, well, I just saw it because it went up for regular rental. So, um... Yeah, missed the boat completely on it. Uh, I was here when you guys went to go see it, and I don't know. You turned it down. I think I had to turn it down because I was doing laundry or some nah. shit. You just turned it down. What movie did I turn down because I had to do laundry? Uh, uh, probably a, a few of them. Night House. Yeah. Night House, that was it. But regardless, uh, Zola came out uh, this past summer uh, starring some... I don't even have it queued up. It's so fine. Here, all right, so here's Just give a good or bad. Really liked it. Really liked it was uh so much fun now what i did do is because yeah i knew the whole story and i remember when that whole twitter thing happened but i just kind of caught like a a side wind of it you know what i mean like i didn't really get into it i didn't read all the tweets i was like okay uh, that's something that's happening mm-hmm. in the world and then that was it and then when this movie came out and they said it was based upon that twitter thing oh i was like okay i remember that and then that was it um but I will say, while watching it in my hotel room in Phoenix, Arizona, which they threw me in a broom closet this past week, but it was a broom closet with a 55-inch television, so that was good. Also, this television wasn't dim. What? Yeah, the past three TVs I've had at the hotel have been terrible. I always imagined you with an overhead projector. I have one for work. I thought about, I could bring it down into my room. But then I would have to set up like sheets on the wall, and that's a lot of thing. Um, and theoretically, I could watch it. I don't know. They locked those rooms. I uh, no, I can't. I haven't done that okay. because it's too much work. <laughs> I did think about doing it though. But regardless, um, so it was a pleasant viewing experience, is what I'm saying. Um, and then I, I read the tweets as well, and uh, the things that were omitted from the tweets, um, I'm fine with. And I think that, uh, what's the director's name? I did want to pull that up. Chenixa Bravo? Yeah. Great. Great. And I I remember when Lemon came out, uh, which I think was her first feature. um, I still need to see that because I was a big, um, uh, I like Brett Gelman. And she was uh, formerly married to Brett Gelman. Um, But I mean, this this thing is, she's got her own style. It moves quick. It's funny. Um, 
it's it has it has a point of view and i i don't know i i think that she's uh she's special man i i really i really like zola how many rate how many stars oh it's uh it's a easy four maybe four and a hook but it's four and a four and a candy man hook four and a hook four and a candy man what the hell's the hook mean hook is gambling for half Oh my god! You watch oh. the card counters and this shit happens. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a four and a hook. Don't blow your load, <laughs> dude. We're not there yet, man. What well, hook me? Hook? That's what I mean. So, like, I, yeah, I got it. The spread is ten and a hook. Ten and a half. Beautiful. I wish you saw it in the theater with us. I know. I know. I would have. I would have enjoyed uh, that very weird penis. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the one that w- they put at the end where they put like heart emojis. Oh, okay. Just because it was big, but it looked like a bean bag. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I mean, yeah, you hear about big penises. Big penises are fine. I get it. But ugly penis. What about ugly big penises? Well, what's a pretty one? Here's I- the thing my penis is small, but I have a okay. pretty penis. All right, I regret this. It's, an, it's, a, it's aesthetically is a cute penis. Oh, did you hear that they're having little people wrestling come to the Bay Area? <laughs> Oksana, what? Where what did you have read to do that? with my penis? I, you were just talking about little and small and cute. Well, I'm and, always talking about little. It's my last name. I got an email from the Catalyst. They're going to be doing that in Santa Cruz, I guess. Oh, of course, Santa so, Cruz. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> At the Catalyst, that's where we saw Guar. Yeah. So that's what they book. They book Midget Wrestling and Guar. Yep. By the way, we missed uh, the residents. I know. Both in San Francisco and in Santa Cruz. Which I'll miss anything in Santa Cruz because Santa Cruz fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So long story short, uh, Zola is great. Go check it out. Uh, Riley Keel is incredible as a scumbag. Stripper, yep. uh, sex worker lady, and the guy, the guy from uh, Succession, who plays Greg on the HBO hit series Succession, plays Riley Keough's boyfriend in this, and is incredible. Again, was he a stand-up comic? I he may he may be a, an improv guy, but he's he's an actor. He's been in a lot of things. All right, now I've recently been figuring out like stand up. He was so good. Like I watch like, you know, a lot of it now. What what is the deal with improv? Do they is there a troupe and they just have a theater and it's like, hey, come in and then they do like whose line is it anyway? So yeah, I mean there's a lot of improv there's a lot of improv troops and there's a lot of they improv get paid schools. They make money off that? Well, that's that was a whole thing with UCB where <laughs> UCB would not pay their performers. Okay. I mean And their fair. classes are incredibly expensive apparently. Yeah. Oh, prohibitively expensive. What is what the hell's UCB? Upright Citizens Brigade. Oh, okay. I'm in too deep already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So UCB started from Chicago. So Del Close. I actually almost watched the documentary about Del Close uh, that came out, um, starring. Uh, it's it's a documentary, but it also has some dramatizations, and they've got James Urbaniak playing Del Close, which is expert casting because James Urbaniak looks very much like Del Close. Uh, but Del Close basically started improv, essentially in Chicago, and then spawned started um, improv. I mean, like the whole thing, uh, essentially. Yeah, he is. He is the, considered to be the the father of of 
comedic improv oh. and improv troops. So, and that was in Chicago. And then, you know, they, they spawned out, but, uh, coined yes UC, UCB West. That was, um, weird. And, and improv Olympic. I've become quite fond of stand up. I don't know if I can ever really fuck with improv. Yeah. It's just, you know, let's, let's wear a different hat. Mm. Put on a whistle or something. No, the only improv I enjoy is pro wrestling. Am I right? It's true. No, I. If I'm going to watch improv, I want him to be mostly Russell, I'll naked tell you this. I'll and tell you this. ripped. You need to go back um, a, a few weeks ago. Or it may have been a few months ago. It may be in a locked feed, but I have it on mine. Anyway, you oh, need, okay. You need to <laughs> listen. Dark web shit. You need to listen to Rick Rubin on Mark Marin. Oh my and, god! Because he talks for 15 minutes about professional wrestling. And how much he loves it. He says, yeah. yeah, I watch eight hours a week of professional wrestling. Fuck yeah. And he's like, it's it's the American opera. I like that. Yeah. Uh, also, um, shout out to our uh, dead film programmer, Marbles, RIP. She uh, went to, um, I just found out about this, some wrestling organization on TNT that's huge. And they're getting a lot of WWE guys. Yeah. Anyway, bring it up because she sent me a picture from the event. Somebody had a coffin flop sign. Hell it just yeah. had a, it had a little scribble of a coffin and just said coffin flop. Love it. Again, if you know what it is, you know what it is. <laughs> and you know who knows what it is? Randy Michael Stat. Randy, tell us about not coffin flop. <laughs> 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 Haven't rewatched that sketch in a while. I almost said skit. Thank you for not saying the offensive. <laughs> I don't get Are why you- is that offensive. Because skits are something you do at like sleepaway camp when you're eight. What, but, but I mean, like it's the same thing, right? No, skits are bad. <laughs> Sketches right. are good. All right, I have a lot to learn with comedy. Thank you so much. <laughs> so yeah, this Friday after work, I went to uh, the Plaza Theater out here in Atlanta. And I saw the Nowhere Inn, which just came out this uh, past Friday. Now, Randy, before you get into it, we've ta- we've heard a lot about the plaza. You've been talking about the plaza. The, the uh-huh. two jerks from Atlanta were talking <laughs> about the plaza. So, what, what's what's going on with this uh, mythic, mysterious theater in Atlanta, Georgia? Uh, it's just a good indie theater that I think has been around for a very long time. Also, used to show like pornographic movies in like the '60s, and like was a burlesque theater and stuff, and has a lot of history and they play a lot of cool stuff and they got a good beer selection and drink selection and uh, it's a good time. Yeah. How big is the thing? Uh, I don't know. It's pretty big. I'd say it's probably like a little bigger than Balboa. Okay. Oh, so not like, not like theater one at the Alamo? Smaller? No, not quite that big. Okay. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a good spot. I'm probably going to go there again tonight, actually. But uh, yeah, the Nowhere Inn is a movie featuring Carrie Brownstein and um, Annie Clark, also known as Saint Vincent. Uh, this is a movie about a failed documentary that Carrie Brownstein is making about Saint Vincent. It gets kind of weird and meta. Um, but basically, I don't know if they're like really good friends in real life, but Carrie Brownstein and St. Vincent in this movie are like best friends. And Carrie wants to make a documentary uh, about St. Vincent and kind of just like, I don't know, kind of uh, see like kind of what her offstage persona is and kind of just show some like, you know, truth about her like 
performance and her identity and kind of who she is. Um, but they end up kind of having like disagreeing views on what they want the documentary to be. Uh, St. Vincent kind of sounds like she wants kind of like a Frederick Wiseman esque documentary. And Carrie Brown scene is kind of like, not in a mean way, but she's like, you're kind of um, much different off stage than you are on stage. Like you're kind of boring off stage compared to her on stage persona, which is very like her shows are are great, super entertaining, like uh, really lively. Like she, I don't know, it's like very like pop arty, and like there's a lot of like conceptual stuff in her like music. Um, so yeah, they have disagreements about what the documentary is supposed to be. Um, so yeah, you, you see them making the documentary in the film. Um, and then, yeah, she starts to kind of question like herself a little bit. Um, cause Carrie kind of pushes her to like sort of stage certain things so that they can get some like good stuff for the documentary. Um, so then it kind of starts to, uh, get a little trippy and surreal. Um, yeah, it kind of, um, feels like a not as good, obviously, uh, Maholan drive, uh, mm. sort of themes of that and sort of like, a Igmar Bergman, Bergman's persona sort of, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, interesting, I didn't love it. I think if you're not a St. Vincent fan, you can skip it, but there is uh, I don't know. There was enough in the movie for me. It felt kind of sketch comedy. Actually, it didn't feel like I don't know. It didn't feel super serious at times. And when it was trying to get weird, it, I don't know. It didn't have a, I don't know. Just couldn't get into the tone. I think the director, Bill Benz actually worked on Portlandia with Kiri Brownstein. So that's probably so, where that's coming from. So was it played for a bit or it came across as a bit? Um, I would say Kiri Brownstein's acting felt like a character or a bit. I actually think Annie Clark St. Vincent was pretty, pretty good in it. I think she's, I don't know, could be a, a decent actor, but I don't know. It just felt, uh, I don't know when it was trying to get weird. It didn't feel like weird enough. And I don't know. It's all right. So what? Two and a half. Yeah. Give it a two and a half. Mm. Well, I mean, would this, this would quantify as a, uh, as a faux documentary, would it not? I suppose, yeah. Gets a little, gets a little, I don't know, interesting, kind of defies sort of uh, faux documentary a little bit as well. Um, there was all, kind of a, science. have I you guys seen, um, <laughs> what's the David Byrne movie that he made? Uh, True Stories. Oh, yes. There's a scene in uh, the Nowhere Inn where after St. Vincent's kind of starting to like question her identity and stuff like that, where she, uh, she essentially like has a, f there's like a scene with like a fake family in this very like Texas-y, like, uh, suburban sort of household and like a very just like idealistic kind of thing. And they all start like singing and stuff. And it felt very much like a David Byrne type thing. And I know she's actually worked with David Byrne previously. So I don't know if that's intentional or just like, uh, just happened, but. I don't know. I'd say, yeah, if you, uh, if you like St. Vincent, um, it's a cool watch, but yeah, if you don't care about St. Vincent or haven't listened to it, I'd, I'd say you can skip it. Skip it. I shall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I've never, I never got into the St. Vincent. 
Nah. What What was that movie she was a part of, Randy? Like XX? Oh, I liked her yeah. segment in That's that. right. I was not a fan. I liked it. That I, was the birthday party pretension. That was the only one I think I did like. Really? I think yeah. same, yeah. Yeah. No, that's not true. I liked the um, the interstitials. Oh, that's right. Because it was stop motion. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. It was really cool. Actually, you know what? After we talked to um, Jake last week, I pulled that movie that he mentioned, the stop motion one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I should have that if you want to watch that later. Tight. What the hell was that called? I can't even remember now. You talk about the one that you mentioned that I saw probably. Okay. Yeah, oh, Randy. Way to rub it in, dude. <laughs> the Wolf House? Is that the one you're talking about? Oh, yeah, probably. Sure. Well, you know, I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, good job, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We uh, we are up against the clock here, so we got a All half right. hour. Um, Randy, you got anything else, Bab? I'll just briefly say that last night I rented Candyman and watched it, and it was okay. Wait a minute. You didn't watch it at the theater? No, I did watch it on my new TV uh, as it got dark, though, and it was um, it was good. Okay. It was a good Hold place on. to watch it. Hold on. Here comes Randy with... <laughs> uh, it's everybody's retread. <laughs> <laughs> You're really late to the game here, Randy. Yeah, I know. That's why I didn't really want to spend too much time on it, but I don't know. I'm somewhere in between Clark and you. Like, I don't think I've ever... Yeah, you are. <laughs> understood the uh the rules of Candyman, and i think five times is too many and there's like other times where it's like they'll start like there's a scene where someone starts saying it and then she gets other people to start saying it with her but it's like she already said it into the mirror once so does that not count as the one time or do you get like a redo you could just restart it and say it five times from there yeah i'm a moviegoer not an accountant now i you know what i mean no i was thinking about the five time thing too it's too many and i think it works with that film because it's kind of like uh beating a dead horse like when we're talking about um exploiting racial trauma i think that's kind of uh, it kind of works in there where it's like, dude, you really have to say this thing five times for it to happen. Where, you know, like a reasonable Bloody Mary, you only have to do three. Three. Yeah. Much, much better. I did Bloody Mary and I was never the same. <laughs> <laughs> much better product that Bloody Mary. She's really the grub hub to the. No, no. She's the DoorDash to the grub hub. Bloody Mary or American Mary? Ooh. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Well, if Bloody Mary had a movie, mm-hmm. like a particular movie. Yeah, why are there no Bloody Mary movies? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a, I don't know. <laughs> you can't copyright it, so there's no money. I don't know. That doesn't make sense because people make H.P. Lovecraft films all the time. There That's is true. a Bloody Mary movie. Okay, what is it? Is it just called Bloody Mary? Is it some Amazon yeah. Bloody Mary and Bigfoot? <laughs> <laughs> the man who shot Bloody Mary and Bigfoot? It's just called Bloody Mary. <laughs> From what year? 2006. Okay, This. how many Ooh, other movies are called sounds- Bloody Mary? I also had one this morning. No, you didn't, you liar. <laughs> no, also, <laughs> also, Randy mentioned uh, being in between me and Clark. Now, what would that sandwich be called? A good time. <laughs> or Little Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Bay Area joke. No, that sandwich would be called two overly sized buns and very little meat that again <laughs> little lucas again if you're local here you'll get it that's excellent. if not dm me i'll take a picture next time i order there all right very quickly i will surmise one of the motion pictures which i have chosen to talk about all right quickly right to all of you now 
this week on a Tuesday. Going up? I saw the card counter. On a Tuesday. Thank you so much. (laughs) From director Paul Schrader. Now, if you are familiar with motion pictures, you uh, should be very familiar uh, with with one Paul Schrader, as he is an old man with breathing problems. Uh, That is what he is most famous for. As I have seen this man uh, struggle to breathe in actual life, Randy can attest to that. And uh, frankly, Randy, it was a little troubling um, hearing and watching him breathe. Yeah, I can attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, God, when did First Reformed come out? Was that three years ago now? I think, was it 17? Four years ago? My God. Yeah, 17. Oh, man. Okay. Well, the card counter, from my perspective, is First Reformed Light. Um, There are are some similar themes here, and also um, our main protagonist is the narrator of the film and uh, some diaries um, in between um, the actual uh, narrative of the film. Our protagonist is played by one Oscar Isaac. As you know, I'm a big Oscar Isaac fan, so that is why it brought me to the motion pictures. Starring alongside, that's why bullshit. I, I love, I love Oscar Isaac. I'm an Oscar Isaac fan. Also, I'm a Paul Schrader fan. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm also a fan of Pugs. They also have problems breathing. <laughs> I like things that can't breathe very well. Uh. As someone who has struggled with their sinuses their whole life, I understand. Oh, shut up. I'm the one that deviated septum. No, you have a narrow urethra. And a deviated septum. All my holes are tight. All your holes are (laughs) tight. All the holes are tight. And your butt is brown. So, Paul Schrader. Starring Oscar Isaac and Ty Sheridan. um, And also... Our girl Tiffany Haddish. No, I lo- I love Tiffany Haddish. I think Tiffany Haddish, man, when she came out, that what was that movie? Girls Night. She blew up with that comedy. Never saw Girls Night, but we all knew who Tiffany Haddish was yeah. because of that, and she blew up. Great because I I am a huge Tiffany Haddish fan. She did it the right way. She's a stand up. She worked hard in the clubs. She got a big break. She's very talented. Miscast in this movie. <laughs> Um, it just, it just didn't work for me and it's not her fault. Um, I just think that it, she didn't have a whole lot to do and it was just weird because the whole time I'm like, that's Tiffany Haddish. Like she's, she's an, she's a poker talent manager now. It's just weird. And also, um, all right, we'll get into that in a second. But so the whole story is centered around Oscar Isaac's character, who is a deeply troubled man. And we deep and we learn very quickly that Oscar Isaac served some time in a federal uh, prison, a military prison. The reason why he did this is because um, he was involved in Abu Ghraib. <laughs> I don't know why they make so laugh. <laughs> most of most of the film, uh, the, the flashbacks go back into Abu Ghraib. Now, I will say that that portion of the film. So anytime that there are flashbacks back to Abu Ghraib, it's shot through a fisheye lens. Oh. And I like the aesthetic of that. Um, it is very interesting. And then also playing the um, 
I don't know, the boss of <laughs> Afu Grave <laughs> is one Willem Dafoe. Now, this is perfect casting. Wait, really? Yeah. Okay. Because Willem Dafoe, I mean, come on. He's he played he can play he's played some of the greatest scumbags we've ever seen. Wait, wait hold on. Now just to, to set that up, Abu Grave, you're talking about the prison? Yeah. Okay. Because Abu Grave, yeah, it's a city in Baghdad. So Willem Dafoe is running a prison in Baghdad. He's um no Randy, to be clear, was it Abu Grave or was it uh <laughs> it was, yeah. Okay. I got him I get it mixed up sometimes. Okay. Guantanamo's Cuba, right? Well, was anybody getting waterboarded? Yeah. No, they were all right. Then it, it ain't us. Yeah, <laughs> it was Abu Ghraib. What was your question? No, I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, he so, is so Willem yeah. Dafoe is actually a a civilian who has a private uh, security firm, and he was involved as the lead trainer of Abu Ghraib, and he came in with his uh, you know tactics, and Oscar Isaac went along with that, but he's living with those demons now. And he actually is in, and so when he went to prison uh, for a decade, he started to count cards while he was in prison. And when he got out, he became a card counter and would travel the country, just going you know night to night in various casinos and counting cards and collecting money, but keeping everything sort of on the low. He didn't get too greedy. He's a very uh, disciplined man, and he's a very disciplined card counter. So, um he didn't like to make too much noise. So he's actually in a card tournament, um, a poker tournament. He does poker and blackjack primarily. And Tiffany Haddish is there. Um, I don't know, sussing out talent. I guess that's how that works. And um, also there is a character that is played very cartoonishly. Um, I believe this man is, uh, he's a Russian guy. But he always wears a red, white, and blue American flag tank top and a terrible American flag ball cap. Mm-hmm. And he always and he and his band of cronies, which is two dudes, always yell USA, USA, USA. Yeah. And I'm gonna say they're in the movie too much. <laughs> um, it's it's an odd choice. Also, there are strange lines of dialogue in this. The humor does not work too terribly well. It's strange. I didn't love it. Oscar Isaac is um, too brooding for most of the movie, and Tiffany in the and I did not get the chemistry between he and Tiffany Haddish at all. Ty Sheridan actually shows up when. Oscar Isaac goes into a um, conference in a in a hotel in a casino, uh, as he is a professional gambler, and he actually went there because the lead speaker was Willem Dafoe, and Ty Sheridan pulled up Oscar Isaac. He's like, "Hey, I want to talk to you about this guy because I know he was a bad guy and I know who you are." And then Ty Sheridan then explains to Oscar Isaac that. Um, he is the son of someone who Oscar Isaac's character was with in Abu Ghraib and is trying to seek revenge on his father's suicide because he feels that it's at the hands of one Willem Dafoe. So he is going to kill Willem Dafoe. 
And so Oscar Isaac's like, hey, kid, you come on me on the road and we'll get some of this steam out. So you come on me on the road. No, you come with me on the road. You said on me. No, you come with me on the road. Or you come on me (laughs) on the road. road. And let's get some steam. Yeah. Okay. Let's jizz in some cars with coffee and comedians. (laughs) Also, you know, I give uh, Oscar Isaac a lot of shit, but. We have to remember, he was Poe Dameron, your favorite character in your favorite Star Wars movies. And he's going to be Moon Knight, one of my favorite Marvel heroes. What is Moon Knight? Moon Knight is uh, a brooding L.A. superhero who, when reimagined in the early 2000s, had a opioid addiction. Oh, I barely made it through that word. I, I let I you know. know. <laughs> you, you, you ran out of runway, but you I got did. the plane out. <laughs> It's all these fucking foreign films I'm watching. I'm just like tumbling over everything now. Speaking of tumbling. All right. How many Abu Graves do you give this? I'll tell you this. And Randy, I want to get your thoughts uh, because y'all decided uh-huh. you want to be very secretive on what Randy thought of the card counter. But Randy, did you notice that there were some uh, very terrible segments of ADR in this film? I noticed one and it's at the uh, like garden with the lights. Yeah, dude. Like yeah. how distractingly bad was that? That was bad. Yeah. That's the only time I noticed it really. It was rough. And it was it was it was Tiffany Haddish and it sounded like she was in it sounded like she was in a booth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> saying this, which is what she was. Okay, so he he's not like uh, telling tall tales, Randy. You agree that the ADR was weird? In that one sequence, yeah. I actually really like the movie, though. I have a couple quibbles with it. Um, I don't know. The, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the... Um, it's almost like a uh, 360 camera that he uses in those Abu Ghraib scenes. I didn't really care for that. I thought it, I don't know, like it was like just it. weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For the most part, I mean, this is kind of the thing that he like started his career with. It's basically, you know, first reformed was basically taxi driver, but like uh, more contemporary and more about sort of you know, the environment and Catholicism or Christianity and all that. And this is basically like another type of one of those movies and um, a big fan of first reformed. And uh, I thought this was really good too. All right. Do I need to watch it? I would say no. Randy. I would say it's worth a watch, but I don't know. Not everyone's loving it. Randy, we're very intimate. You know me like no other man ever would. Would I like (laughs) this movie? I don't know. I think there's some stuff to chew on that you might get out of it. Look, there, there are some similar themes here. First Reform is a superior <laughs> film. Um, Absolutely. This one, yeah, he, he still hung up on this uh, sort of um, self-torture aspect, which, I mean, you know, yeah, hits, hits a little close to home. Clark raised his hands there for um, all you audio listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... Again, three and a half. Three and a half. I I I, I liked it. Graves. It's just I just I I maybe had a little bit higher expectations, and the ending was pretty meh to me. Um, and frankly, wanted I wanted some more Defoe, man. Randy, what do you give it? I gave it a four on Letterbox. There is a, a really Ooh, good. Oh my god! There's a really good sequence that uh, kind of does a Hitchcocky thing towards the end that I think you might like too. Oh, I get hard for the Hitchcock. 
Hard for the Hitchcock. Randy's only given other two other fours in his life, by the way, to Citizen Kane and Vertigo. No, Randy <laughs> gives Randy gives fours every time he's out there in the world, <laughs> baby. Well, Randy, now that you've abandoned uh, California, the most beautiful state in this country, uh huh. Rolling my eyes, and uh, you know what happened? The four star closed. No, I heard that they were reopening soon or something. The Balboa bought it. Balboa bro. bought it. Yeah. And our uh That's cool. Yeah, dude. We're we're taking over the state now that you left. <laughs> and when we say the Balboa bought it, we're talking about Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Adrian. Stallone's gonna run it, dude. Yeah, Mona <laughs> He's rebranding it to the five star. Nothing. There's not right. too many of those. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Definitely not on your letterbox. No. All right. Well, Clark, right, you, you got 15 minutes. Thank you for your coverage of monkey, ostrich, and Abu Ghraib. That's right. What did I call it? Chicken, chicken, mongoose, rock. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible genre of music. It is. Randy um, was into it in high school. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? How much time do we have left? Randy's got a heart out at 330, dude. Oh, 15 minutes? Yeah. No, okay, no, no. You know, instead of reviewing a movie, I feel like I I went on too long earlier. How about I uh, we deal or no deal here? Oh yeah, you ready? Here we go. Deal or no deal? Will they take the deal? Will they? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Got to come in. No, okay. I because I wanted to riff on Candisha with y'all. But again, Randy was too busy. He's hanging out with his new cooler friends. And Clark over here, he's <laughs> buying the right rope to make a noose out of. What is Candisha? <laughs> Are fucking for real, dude? Female Lahane on Shudder. Yeah, the one from your boy that made Inside. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you still haven't seen Inside. Okay, well, that's double feet. But you've seen I don't, don't want to riff on Inside again. You did a great job. I'm on the inside. But I did. Uh, we talked uh, talked to Randy about watching a movie so we could both go in on it. And he watched the other movie that I didn't watch. So next week, uh, I promise I'm going to watch that movie, Randy, that I don't know why I'm keeping it a secret. <laughs> the uh, the Three Friends podcast covered uh, the what the hell is it called? The Hill in the Hole. Monkey Rock Mongoose. <laughs> the Hill in the Hole. The Hill in the Hole. And uh, I pitched out Candisha. So I'll watch The Hill in the Hole, Randy, and then you you down for Candisha? Yeah, I think so. Can you dig it with a K? That was the joke. I realize now or, it doesn't Kirk work. with a C. Oh, or can, C-A-N-N-E-S. Oh, God. All right, yeah. No, that's, I, that's Ty Sheraton's character's name in the card counter. Kirk with a C. Really? C-I-R-K. Oscar, Oscar Isaac's character's name is William Tell. No, dude. I looked it up on IMDb. Kirk is spelled with three Ks. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's good. No, because I, you know, when I teased Candisha last week, I kind of like said everything I wanted to as a teaser. So I want to jump into it. I think it, it's really interesting. Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I want to talk about it next week. So you got nothing? No, I'm not going to do I haven't watched any movies. I watched something that our buddy at a distribution company that I'm not going to name uh, put out, and I didn't like it, so I'm not going to talk about that. Right, Fox about, Searchlight. <laughs> talk about your favorite Norm MacDonald movie, as we lost him this week. Uh, movie? I don't know. I'll tell you, his uh, appearance on The View is probably my favorite of his clips, although... Um, no, you got to do the moth joke. 
What's the moth joke? You don't know the moth joke? No. So in, every time he would go on Conan, he would do one of his classic long form jokes that went nowhere. Okay. And the moth is uh, the king of that of those. I, okay. We've got some norms. So hey, well, can you jump on the Twitter and share these things in the timely week late postmortem no. fashion? We're, no, we're late on that. And it's just it's just for us. Can no, you just I, enjoy okay. things for what they are? He doesn't go on Twitter. Can you share that, Oksana? And we'll just we'll uh, attribute it to Clark. I did actually yeah. see this one. Okay. Okay. Cool. Y'all are in the cool kid club, and I'm left out. But dirty work, man. Dirty work's great. No, you know what I liked, and I think it was uh, the first time I really, because it, it's taken me a long time to appreciate comedy, the craft that is comedy. Yeah. As um, somebody who's very guarded for a long time and very insecure. I appreciate it now. And I think the first time I really appreciated Norm was on the Bob Saget roast. Yeah, that was when I fell in love with Norm McDonald. Yeah, well, it was just, it was so jarring. And I'm like, wait, he's fucking it up. But then in that same thought, I'm like, but it's really good. And then I'm like, well, how, why is that working? And it really made me think about like the craft. For sure. For sure. It, it, that, that, put, that roast um, in general was a, because again, I think that was one of the first huge Comedy Central roast. Yeah, uh, at least in my mind, um, no, where there with it you. really popped off. Like I remember, we we had like a party that night to watch that roast. Oh, that sounds awesome! That would be a lot of fun. And then when Norm went up, like not only was he bombing on TV, <laughs> but he was bombing in the room. In the room. But I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was like, "This is incredible." And I still will always, always think back to that roast. And uh, Norm obviously became one of my favorite comedians uh, from them. And yeah, dude, love him. The the confident bomb is like, you got to have like balls and confidence to really do that for sure. And like again, I you know I've I've casually been mentioning that I watch this podcast all the time now. Kill Tony with Tony Hinchcliffe and Jeremiah Watkins was on the old one. And there's a couple of times where he does improv on that stage which I still don't really get. And I'm like, he's good at it, but he can do like any impersonation where I'm like, well, if you can't do that, like riffing with people, I don't know. It's weird. But he, a couple of times was like, I will sit here and confidently bomb all night. I don't care if you're laughing. Yeah. And I'm just like, Whoa, man, I don't see. That was the scary thing with me because I kind of got to that place, but I got to a place where I enjoyed bombing and I'm like, what am I doing anymore? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I think if, well, okay, well, if you enjoy bombing, I think we're looking at a third person perspective for the joke. So you can't be in the room because it's not funny to the room, but as it's Tim and Eric. Yeah. But I think I was just be being lazy. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really do. Yeah. Because when you actually write, it's like, it's funny, but I think, you know, I, I really think you didn't like the struggle of doing stand up. Yeah. So you're probably just doing it yeah. and then being vindictive. Yeah. That was it. But I did. Yeah. It was a whole thing. But, um, but if you would have recorded it, I think it would be funny now to watch. But like with, like with Norm's whole mentality, he was like, look, jokes are funny. But when you say a joke and no one laughs, that's also funny. Yeah. And so he's, you know, that was his whole mentality of it. And also, it just again, man, fearlessness. And when I think about the people that, you know, I, I, you know, imitated not only in, you know, with stand up, but just in my life. Yeah. It was, you know, that fearlessness, him, Gilbert Gottfried, you know, I, I think that they're still, you know, very much, um, you know, in that league as well. You know, I didn't know we were going to, we were, I didn't know we were going to like touch on this. 
And it might feel a little weird because we had a personal friend pass recently. I'm not going to get into that at all. We'll we'll deal with that um, on our Thursday show. So, yeah, we're not cold-hearted and evil. But uh, I will tell you, celebrity deaths, I don't give a shit. And I actually make fun of some of our friends for posting it because yeah. you ultimately make it about you. Oksana threw it in our group chat for the podcast that Norm passed, and I actually stopped walking. I was like, oh, like, what the fuck? Isn't he like 50 years old or something? Wait, he was like 61. But um, yeah, Je- Jesselnik had the best tweet about it. Oh, God. What did he say? He said, having cancer for nine years and not telling anyone is the most Norm McDonald yeah. shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, he had a con- uh, quote on that where he said, you know, uh, his life, the thing he loved most was doing stand up. And he thought if he put that out there, he couldn't do it anymore. It would change the product. Yeah. It would. He also said on his show. Now, he also had a show. on. He had several different shows on YouTube, but um, the most recent iteration of that, uh, which I think was on Netflix, too. uh, He was talking about when he died. And he said that uh, it was supposed to be, you know, some people say, you know, death's, uh, you know, like a celebration. But uh, I don't know. When I die, I want y'all to fucking cry, man. (laughs) He's like, I'm fucking dead. Be sad. Damn, that's And we are, Norm. We are. For real. All right. Yeah, next week, Feminist Lehane uh, meets Candyman. uh, Candisha. We're going to do it, right, Randy? Can I have your your oath? Uh, Yeah, you got it. All right. I love you. Randy, you know what? We don't have to do the hill in the hole. We could do whatever. In the future, you can pull this card at any time. I'm giving you the golden <laughs> card. If you pull some shit that is eight hours long Filipino drama telling the history of the island, I will watch it. Bro, we got to watch Shit River still. Okay. I didn't give you a gold card. Randy's got it. So whenever Randy pulls it, I will watch it. Six hour movie about it. could be. Around. It might be 15 minutes. Randy might be kind. It might be some weird Pornhub thing he's into. I don't care. <laughs> I'll watch it. But you got to watch Candisha. Some, uh, I'm more st- of a Grubhub guy. <laughs> That's good. We'll see you next week. Or Thursday. Yeah, we'll see you Thursday. Okay.